There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. fans and welcome to another episode of Talkin' Hockey, the hockey talking show right here on UMFM 101.9 in Winnipeg. Uh, whoa, 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 101.5. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Take three. <laughs> Hello there, hockey fans, and welcome to another episode of Talkin' Hockey, the hockey talking show right here on 101.5 FM in Winnipeg, podcasted Anywhere and everywhere at your leisure. It's co-host Tom here with you, and I am joined as always uh, by co-host Randy. And uh, yeah, Randy, how are you doing today? Uh, beautiful. Actually, we're actually recording on the day that we release this, so we can basically talk like present tense yeah. and not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Victoria Day, Monday. Usually we record the day in advance, but we took advantage of our long weekend here and uh yeah here we are recording on monday so you know we don't need to have any weird like time stamps and yeah. stuff like that if, that we often mess up <laughs> yeah if, if this team wins tonight which is actually last night I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're so in the yeah. present we're you yeah. know what randy we're living in the moment we're talking hockey in the moment so uh, beautiful. Yeah, no, it's a pretty nice day. I mean, uh, a little overcast, but what are you going to do? The forest fire haze from Western Canada kind of has occasionally been blowing into Winnipeg here. Um, so, you know, but uh, not too bad and hopefully doesn't get any worse. And um, But yeah, there's lots of hockey to talk about, even though we're almost in June. I mean, we're, we're creeping towards the end of May already here. Uh, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs are going strong down to the conference finals. We'll get into that a little later in the show. But what we want to talk about first off is uh, the number 29, because this is season five, episode 29. And uh, you know what, Randy? We've only ever made it to 29 one other time in our five seasons. Um, and that was a clips show. So, <laughs> oh, so that doesn't even count. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but we're going to name this one after, um, let, we couldn't really decide listeners. Uh, so we decided, you know what, we'll split it. The Dryden flurry, which kind of sounds like maybe, uh, weather, um, issued for, for Northern Ontario, Northwestern Ontario, the Dryden flurry, Ken Dryden, Marc-Andre flurry, both goaltenders who wore number 29. There were other goalies who wore 29, lots of them. Um, it's kind of a utility number. Anybody can wear it. Like, who, you know, who, think of... Uh, I, I, I also think it's like back in the day, that was likely one of the highest numbers because like, you know, the old school way of numbering hockey players, like you didn't mm. go much higher than, you know, maybe the goalie was number 30 or 31, but 
29, yeah. 29 is almost like the 99 of old school <laughs> hockey players. It kind of you is. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the old days, yeah. Defensemen, single digits, you know, forwards, double digits, but no higher than 30, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, goalies were either number one or 30, basically. And then I don't know who the first goalie to wear 29 was, but Ken Dryden obviously played in the 70s. Kind of like you think of Ken Dryden, and very rightfully so, as like a very legendary goaltender who, you know, had an outstanding career. Here's the here's the summary of his career. Hall of Fame, obviously. Six Stanley Cups that he won. Um, he won the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year. He won five Vezina trophies. He won the Conn Smythe trophy. Um, he was a six-time All-Star. He was named as one of the NHL's 100 greatest players back in 2018. But you know what? Like All of that happened in eight seasons. He played eight seasons for Montreal. Um, and then he was like, you know what? I've got like bigger fish to fry. I uh, got into law and politics and... You know, he's an author kind of too. He's, he yeah, wrote he's a book, written, written some books, and yeah. So, um, but you know, one of the best goalies the NHL's ever seen, no doubt. Actually, here's a question for you, and this is on theme from some previous discussion on on a, a episode of a few, I think, a few weeks ago. But is there a Ken Dryden statue? There must be. Oh, there must be. I. Don't like where know. he's kind of like leaning on his stick, you know, that classic Ken Dryden pose that everyone's yeah. seen yeah. kind of resting his elbow on his goalie stick. Like, yeah, that's like it, iconic uh, pose. For, 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 for some reason, it seems like I've seen that somewhere, or at least maybe it's been bronzed, maybe like as a plaque or something, or, or I don't know. But it just seems like Ken Dryden, I don't know, maybe deserves a statue. So it says there is one, and it is that pose, but it looks like it's so. maybe like like it's not like at the Bell Center or something. It looks like it's uh, Place Montréal Trust Saint Laurent. Uh, so Saint La so not Boulevard Saint Laurent, but I don't know the town of Saint Laurent. Whatever, I don't even know where that is. Uh, anywho, I. To answer your question in a roundabout way, it looks like there is there is a, a statue. statue. Yeah. Yes. Well, if Dustin Brown has a statue, then you'd think Ken Dryden <laughs> should have one. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Although I think Pecorini just got one too. Yes, uh, he did. You know, teams are free to choose who they want to build their statues of, which is great because why wouldn't they be? And Montreal, with the number of legends that they've had there, and you think about outside the Bell Center, there's like a plaza or something with with statues all around. And yeah, like, I think a lot of them are like just like very old time, you know, like they haven't got to the 70s yet. <laughs> so, yeah, well, like it'd be Rocket Richard for sure. Yeah. Uh, Jean Beliveau yeah. probably. Yeah. 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 Howie, uh, or uh, what's his name? Morenz. Uh, Howie, Howie Morenz. Like, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guys like that. So, but here, here's a fun fact about Joe. Uh, sorry, uh, Ken Dryden. He uh, he went to Cornell, same as uh, ever Andy heard of it from the uh, <laughs> yeah. office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big red and his. He wore number one with Cornell, and they retired oh, wow. that jersey, um, the Cornell Big Red. So um, <clears throat> yeah, no, he. So Dryden 
basically he's from Ham. Or he, well, he he was born in Hamilton, the Hammer, um, but he uh, was raised in Toronto, essentially like a suburb of Toronto. Um, and yeah, he went to Cornell, did law there and stuff. Then he kind of went pro, and you know he jumped in to the Canadians uh, in the playoffs. So his his rookie season. He only played six regular season games, uh, and that was the year he won the Conn Smythe. So that was 1970-71. He's 23 years old, fresh out of Cornell, you know, um, plays six regular season games, and then comes into the playoffs, plays 20 playoff games, you know, went 12-8 and eight with a uh, 301 goals against and a 914 save percentage. Um and yeah, he won the Conn Smythe that year uh, as a rookie. And then his next season, 24 years old, he plays 64 games. Uh, he puts up a 224 goals against with a 930 save percentage. He's named to the All-Star team. He wins the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year. Finished second on the Hart ballot for most uh, valuable player. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's he just kept it going after that, you know, then it was like, okay, now I'm going to start winning Vaznas. And, uh, you know, so he's, uh, pretty unstoppable. Like when you think about yeah. it. And would you say like, you know, let's, let's show some love to Marc-Andre Fleury here. Uh, yeah. you know, would you say like Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously, you know, his reputation of uh, a few Stanley cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, seemed to kind of rejuvenate his career going to Vegas. And then he had a little pit stop in Chicago there and then uh, ended up in Minnesota. He kind of turned out to be, uh, you know, a goalie that a lot of teams were pursuing, I guess, you know, to have that veteran pres- presence, you know, maybe a 1A, 1B. But, like, when you think about Marc-Andre Fleury, like, what's what do you think of, do you think of him as like the face of the Vegas Golden Knights for their first year? Do you think of him with the Pittsburgh Penguins, 2009 winning his cup and making that big save on that's, Brian Rafalski? Or, or that's, yeah, that's when the I think one. of Marc-Andre Fleury, I think I, was it Rafalski or was it Lidstrom? I remember at the very close to the very end of the game. And he uh, came was it across Lidstrom? the net with the, with the shoulder like this or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's the save. Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah. exactly what I, what you say. You say Mark Andre Fleury. I think of that, that or the yellow pads, um, you know, and then like Canada world yeah, juniors yeah. 2008, I think it was. And he, no, that would have been like Oh five. Sorry. And he uh, flipped the puck up uh, the ice, but then it bounced off his own player's back and somehow ended up in the back of Canada's net. It was like a giveaway and he was out of position. And yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. 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 Let's not bring that up. Let's let's leave that. (laughs) We don't want to tarnish. (laughs) Let's leave that in the vaults. Yeah. 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 No, but Marc-Andre Fleury too just seems like, I think the player that everybody loves, you know, like he just... Seem and it seems like he's a prankster too, but I think like you know goalies are a unique uh, you know a personality for the most part. But he seems to be uh, I think legendary uh, on the ice, but also like just a, like a well-rounded good human being. Like a lot of people, even yeah. on on their uh, on like opposing teams, seem to have nothing but good things to say about Mark Andre Fleury. No, but that's also sure. interesting. Like how Ken Dryden came in in his rookie year, only played a handful of games. 
that's pretty yeah. similar to Matt Murray when they yeah, won their cup the the first of two there uh, in what 2017. Murray yeah. was Murray was a rookie. Um, I think Mark Andre Fleury. Hurt, I think, but he like he kind of got them to the playoffs, I believe, yeah. and then and it, Matt, and played Matt Murray, like a round or two, even I think. Yeah, but then was and then Matt Murray maybe. took over. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Fleury was drafted first overall um, in the in the NHL draft uh, 2003. Played his junior in Cape Breton, uh, which is why he had those yellow pads. Cape Breton and Pittsburgh, very similar colors, so he might not have even had to get new pads. Um, I'm sure that uh, you know <laughs> he he probably did, but like you know, uh, and and. Uh, I'm just trying to find where uh, Dryden was drafted. Okay, Dryden was drafted 14th overall back in 1964. So um, for some reason, I thought he was first as well, but no. But but Fleury has kind of made a name for himself as a very legendary, like, I don't know if as legendary as Ken Dryden, but sure, why not? Like, I mean, like in a different kind of way, he's as, you know, iconic of a goaltender as Ken in some ways, I think maybe because games didn't used to be televised as much as they are now where every single game is televised and Dryden played in some of those big international series, you know? Yeah. Um, plus the six Stanley cups, like those Montreal teams in the seventies, just nobody could beat them. Um, so, you know, Dryden's certainly iconic for that reason. For those yeah, reasons, well, but... Fleury has three cups, you know, like ha- yeah. half half as many, uh, and for like sure. f- for for uh, you know, looking back, like I'm sure that's you know, you know, uh, similar to like what Connor Hellebuck says, like he's not really interested in the individual awards. He wants mm-hmm. he wants the big one, you know. Cups, yeah. So if you uh, if you look back on your resume and you've got like even just one Stanley Cup, I think that kind of sets you apart from. Yeah. from some of the other goalies and obviously with Dryden with six and flurry with three mm-hmm. and all both wearing number 29. That's why they get the recognition on this episode of talking hockey. There you go. Uh, Randy, let's talk a little bit about the Winnipeg jets before we break, take a break here. And so um, who was the most recent Winnipeg jet to wear 29? I think it would have been line a, unless somebody was wearing it this year. I don't really. Yeah. Know. It would have been line. So, a, but, yeah. So, but actually line a jerseys are probably still 75% off at. Oh Royal yeah. Sport. You could probably get them for 20 <laughs> bucks now or whatever. And apparently uh, somebody saw a Shifley Jersey marked down to like, oh, you know. uh, at sport check. Yeah. All the jets jerseys are, are like clearance at sport okay. check. So okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, not, not sponsored by sport check, by the way. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a big summer of moves for the jets. We, I don't think we've, I mean, we've touched on it a little bit in in recent episodes and since they've been eliminated, um, which feels like forever ago now. Uh, And they're the team that eliminated them, Vegas. They're still going. They're up 2-0 in the Western final uh, against Dallas. But but as far as Winnipeg goes, it kind of feels like, you know, they got to make a move, at least one trade, like something's got to happen. Kevin Shovel Day off in his season ending press conference kind of <laughs> did not give any hint of a plan moving forward. So does he have a plan moving forward, Randy? Who knows? Do you know? 
<laughs> you know, I don't I don't I'm not I'm trying not to think about it honestly because <laughs> obviously right now too like we we'll touch on later on in the episode but with some new GMs coming into yeah. different places then I think maybe some of these current GMs are going to want to wait to see who becomes the new GM in Toronto, who becomes yeah. the new GM in Pittsburgh or you know yeah. once uh you know Calgary settles in to their new staff like you know, maybe a new GM in one of these new mar- in one of these markets is going to be like, well, now this guy's on the table because yeah. he doesn't fit what with what I want to do. So I yeah. feel we're just over a month until the draft. So I think a, a lot of teams are going to want to get their GMs in place before the draft, and then we might see some shakeups, like some teams that underperformed. That uh, you know, I, I would say, like uh, you know, maybe we'll see some big moves out of Toronto, you know, and maybe that offers a good opportunity for Winnipeg or for other yeah. teams that kind of need to shake things up. But as far as Winnipeg, like you know, it, you know, we're recording today on Monday, May twenty second. I think we should just all settle in for <laughs> no news for quite a while and just yeah, uh, yeah enjoy until at uh, least like Canada Day. Well, no, I guess the draft is just before Canada Day, right? Yeah, so the draft we might see something happen, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, like, it just there will be anything yeah. until the draft and even I, then I've at lear- the draft. Yeah. Just probably I've, Yeah. I've learned my lesson not to try and speculate or try and guess what's going on and then we've got our we've got our own little WhatsApp chats where we're like throwing different things around but the more you do that I think the more frustrating it gets because when then when nothing happens or yeah. whatever then it's yeah. just like oh okay here we go like Roll uh, running it back again for whatever <laughs> year, year year number whatever it is. Yeah. But and then one more Winnipeg thought maybe before we uh, uh, throw to our first song. But uh, the Winnipeg Ice, yeah. You know, you you went to that first game, uh, our second game of the series, yep. um, and here they are. They've already uh, you know cleaned off their golf clubs and maybe they're over <laughs> there at uh, Bell Acres uh, Golf Course or something. But. Uh, yeah, yeah it seems I was like... hoping that they would be able to bring the series back to Winnipeg for at least a game uh, five or six, six, I guess. Game six, yeah. Game six, yeah. But uh, they were they were eliminated. It took uh, Seattle five games to put them out, and Seattle is the WHL champions. They're headed to the Memorial Cup, which is kicking off pretty soon in a, just a couple days. I think this coming Thursday it gets going out in Kamloops, which you know what the nickname for Kamloops is? Tournament City. Well, baby, well, they go. got a big tournament coming now. Um, so, yeah, Seattle and Kamloops will be the two Western teams. And actually, Kamloops is who Seattle had to beat to get to the final to beat to, to meet uh, the Winnipeg Ice, so that'll be a bit of a you know reunion for those two teams getting back together, and then out of the uh, Quebec League, it's the uh, Quebec Ramparts, coached by Patrick Roy, uh, another goalie. Yeah, yeah, he his his Ramparts they beat the Halifax Mooseheads in six games to take the Q League. Uh, I think they call it the President's Trophy or something like that. And uh, in the OHL, it was the Peterborough Peets who knocked off the London Knights, and that was um, that was uh, Peterborough's first OHL championship in close to twenty years, I think I saw. So, what do you uh, think of the Peterborough Peets uh, jerseys? I love them. 
Yeah, there's something cool about maroon. Yeah. I find like yeah. same thing and like the, with like the, the I don't know Von bombers. Yeah, the, and then I think the Pete's jerseys just have like it says Pete's in kind of like a bit of a stylized block caps font yeah. or something like 70s style font yeah. kind of thing yeah, yeah no, but I just like, like, like white and maroon just plain yeah. and simple and you don't see enough maroon in sports i think yeah we could stand to have a little more maroon there's no maroon in the nhl i don't even think maybe as a what secondary about, color. Uh, seattle has uh <clears throat> no no they don't Oh, the, I, the, I think say, their their old team did, I think, yeah. was like, like a they maroon. had those retro reverse jerseys that might have had maroon. Also, Vancouver had that maroon set, like the, they their did, yeah. vintage looking with the, just the big V or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, one more nerdy thought before we throw this song. Uh, I was just there's no blue teams left in the NHL. Okay, so, yeah, we got Vegas, who's kind of green and gold and black. Dallas, green and black. Yeah, Canes, and then in Carolina, red. you got red, and then uh, uh, Florida. The, uh, Florida Panthers are kind of red and white, I red guess. and gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they no they blue. got like blue blue pants, but yeah, no blue jerseys. Okay, that's well, one of the yeah. I I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of red sometimes, like yeah. especially when it's like red on red, like Carolina versus Florida, but yeah. You know, yeah. I'm I'm digging that series. We'll talk about that series a little bit later this episode, but uh, let's throw to our first song. Sure, yeah. So we're gonna do a bit of a theme with our music today, where we go through the each of the three Canadian teams who were in the playoffs this year. Uh, we did this theme before, a band from each of those towns, but this time it's um, there's no hope left. So we're <laughs> <laughs> this is the last tribute to the 2023 yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. But but we're gonna do the uh, song from uh, Winnipeg band Boy Golden, and uh, you know they're they're a band who's kind of on the uh, on the up and up. I think they've you know they did a, a North American tour with the Sheepdogs this year, you know hit up every city and on the continent basically, and um, yeah they put out an album I don't know last year year before that uh, I think it was pretty good they're playing festivals all over the place this summer it's called they're, they're called boy golden the song that we're going to play is called church of better days which is the uh, sort of title track to their album and uh yeah enjoy here on talking hockey the hockey talk show i was talking to a street corner preacher he said man i got a few things i can teach you teach you how to live in a righteous way send you off to heaven this very day he said give me that bag son and make a small donation to the church of better days he said first of all you gotta bust up just enough green to get feeling good about we're gonna roll ourselves a bag Secondly, you gotta 
Lord took rest. Even the Almighty needs time to digest everything that's going on all of the time. Somewhere in the world, the sun is about to rise. But before I start my day, I always go and pray at the church of better days. He said one last thing before we part ways. That was Church of Better Days by Boy Golden right here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. You're tuned in, Season 5, Episode 29, The Flurry, The Dryden. We couldn't decide, so we called it after both. Uh, we're uh, we're talking hockey here, Randy, and we got to talk about some uh, GM, general manager vacancies. Uh, Calgary actually just filled theirs. Uh, I don't think it's going to be official until tomorrow, um, you know, holiday and all. Uh, but Craig Conroy, veteran Calgary Flames centerman from back in the day, he centered Iggy for a lot of uh, their time together in Calgary. Uh, he's been named the new GM, and he's been with, apparently, I was reading up on it this morning, he's been with the Flames organization for 12 years in the office, like uh, since he retired. A week after he retired, they hired him, and he's been doing odd jobs of every possible uh you know, 
like anything you can imagine. He's been he's done it. He's been doing it. So he's. I been, think they I think they call that learning the ropes. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. been learning the ropes for twelve years. So former King's president of you know whatever uh, Ken King who passed away in twenty twenty, he was the guy who hired Conroy, and according to uh, Brian Burke who was working for the Flames for a long time, King's intention all along was that he wanted Conroy to eventually become the general manager. And so here he is getting named the, the new GM of the Calgary flames. And, uh, and rumor has it that uh, Jerome McGinley will be joining him on the staff at some point, but um, Jerome's going to be coaching his son's team this year. So he won't be, it won't be in Calgary this year, but uh, coming down the road, which I like, I like that move couple couple guys who mean so much to that city to that team you know now they get their chance to kind of put their uh imprint on the current edition of the calgary flames and um you know they're they're both i mean like con like i said this is conroy's first gig as a general manager but he's been he's been learning the ropes right so yeah well i think like you bring in a couple guys like that that are you know for lack, like they're dedicated flames. Like they are yeah. Calgary flames and like, yeah. you know, they're going to do what it takes to, you know, bring Calgary back to the promised land. Like they haven't won the cup since what 88 it was or whatever. And 80, you know, pa- yeah. 89 uh, past couple, past couple of seasons, you know, losing Johnny Gaudreau and, and overtime hero, Matthew Kachuk and, yeah. you know, John earth and Huberto's kind of uh poor season. And then, Daryl Sutter getting fired like you know those especially Conroy is gonna like do what it takes to to um you know bring Calgary back and also I think maybe that's just like almost like uh like um relieving for fans to see to know that like someone that they you know know and love is gonna be taking taking control so that should be interesting to see what happens with Calgary and you know, with the, with the draft coming up, I wonder what kind of big moves we might see out of the out of the Flames. Yeah, for sure. I think when you look at that Flames roster, it's not like it's a bad roster. They severely underperformed this year, and I think a lot of it was that the you know you hear about things like this, but the players kind of quit on Daryl Sutter, eh? Like that's what it sounded like. Um, and then you think about maybe why Goudreau wanted out and whatever else. Like uh, maybe Daryl Sutter just had worn out his welcome, and so. Um, did they, I don't think they've named a new coach yet, but they definitely, no, they'll wait for like Conroy Conroy will bring in his guy. Yeah. 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 So that'll be interesting to see who becomes coach there. But as far as like players, like big moves, you know, that Conroy might, (laughs) he might not want to come out swinging. You know what I mean? Like he might take his time, but that said, he's probably going to want to put his mark on the team and. I think goaltending is an issue with Calgary that kind of sunk them. You think about Jacob Markstrom and you think, man, that guy on paper, very good goalie. Um, He had a terrible year. And so, and he's signed for several more years at a fairly hefty paycheck. So it's kind of like, what do you do there? You know? So, yeah, it might be a similar situation to the Winnipeg Jets last year. Maybe if they bring in a different coach, they'll try and give this core group a chance with a new coach and new systems and then see where it goes. Cause you know, if you could argue that last year that kind of worked for the jets and then 
we had until that it kind of yeah it worked yeah. until it didn't kind of thing yeah, yeah. but Which, um yeah who knows but some of these gms might be like i already have a game i think and i think that's part of the interview interview process too it's like what's where do you see this team after this season what do you want to build towards like in the next three years or like these guys aren't just like picking you know like a shovel shovel day off's comment like this isn't fantasy hockey like, <laughs> they they have they have a, a, a like a roadmap for what they want to achieve and how and you know over the next three years and you've got to like think about contracts not just this year but for next year and and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing and make sure you've got cap space and and all that sort of thing so yeah. You know, they're, they're thinking about the present, like we are recording on a Monday, but we're also, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're also thinking about next, next year and next season. So, so it'd be, inter- it's going to be interesting to see what kind of like, you know, road to the, you know, road to the future that Calgary has. And cause if you think about like that, that's another team similar to the jets where they, they don't really have a standout prospect like, kind of guy phenom kinda, yeah, coming in. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they've had middle of the road draft picks for a while. Like Winnipeg hasn't had a draft pick higher than um well Cole Perfetti went at number 10 a couple years ago and he's basically their highest draft pick since well, you know, line A which would kind of fell into their lap in a way. Um but you know, the Jets have been picking around 14, 17, you know, this kind of thing middle of the first round. And yeah, like, I mean, this year is a deep draft, but the Jets, they, you know, are towards the bottom of the the first round again. So we'll see. And I'm not sure exactly where Calgary will be drafting, but I think they're in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. So that's kind of encouraging for them to have a nice high draft pick, a new general manager, gives fans something to be excited about after missing the playoffs. So um, I I don't think they would be top 10 because they weren't, like they just missed the playoffs, right? Yes, but I they so were they, definitely involved. Okay, so when they did the draft lottery, where Chicago won the rights to draft Bedard, basically, um, Calgary was on the they wouldn't like they the wouldn't they be like over? Wouldn't they be like sixteen? Maybe okay, like maybe. six. Yeah, because they uh, just missed the playoffs by like what? Like right? They almost caught the Jets, and Nashville would be up there too somewhere, unless there was a pick that was traded or something, but. Yeah, it gets complicated, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I think either way, um, Calgary fans probably have some hope right now. They have they have something to be a little bit excited about. And so there's a couple other um, GM spots that are open in the league. Uh, you know, the not the least of which is is Toronto, probably the most uh, pressure job in the NHL. Maybe you know, like would be being the GM of Toronto when the the media the entire NHL media is like focused there the Leafs were eliminated from the playoffs like how long ago and still they dominate the front page yeah. of the the sports section all the time right so um yeah like Kyle Dubas uh was he fired did he quit who knows uh it seems like they can't get their story straight. I don't know. Not that they have. To yeah, a little, straight, little, little communication breakdown there or something. But actually, like I just it. looked it up. Calgary is drafting 16th overall, and okay. Winnipeg is drafting 18th. Actually, here's okay. a quick question for you, and then we'll we'll throw to our next song here. But just kind of like um, off the topic of like thinking about for the future, like 
would you say, you know, being a Jets fan, like you're also a Canadians fan and they have, you know, a bright future with all their p- prospects of, Lots of, of picks um, prospects there for sure from last season and then drafting, I think what fifth overall this year. Yeah. But, um, would you feel better about the Jets if, if like, you know, we've got Brad Lambert coming and you saw him play, but you know, he's not really projected to be a superstar, but like, would there be like some sense of like, almost like, uh, the Jets still kind of lost first round, but we got this guy coming like, you know, yeah. it, almost like a optimism. Would there be like a, you know, a better sense of optimism if you knew there was like a, maybe a, like a, top prospect in the mix and right now some of those teams don't have it eh yeah for sure and you know what what i would like to see the jets do is i would like to see them at this point reserve two roster spots for guys like lambert put give lambert a shot or you know what i mean um and then the other guy like vili hanala like put him in the roster for for like finally you know i had to stop myself from swearing there (laughs) but like um just like just put him in the roster, you know? And if he doesn't cut it, trade him, cut him, whatever. But like, yeah, stop, stop what they got to stop what they're doing. This, we don't want to see another Sammy Niku situation. No. And, and (laughs) you know, what? like the jets have had this history in in recent years of bringing in these, you know, quote unquote, savvy vets on league minimum contracts, contracts to basically plug holes where they would, where they could or should, be playing young players to get NHL experience, bring them up, whatever. Um, you know, it's a bit of a philosophical difference of opinion, maybe on what they should be doing. Some people, you know, like it, you can go either way, but I, I think the time is ripe to have a roster roster spot open for a guy like Brad Lambert. And I don't know. I mean, and there would be, there would be some value in that. Like maybe not, immediately but like then within a, a season or two then yeah. the, like that that player is further along because exactly. you know you know not, not to you know here's some salt and here's a wound but like it's not like what we've been or what they've been doing ha- has been working no, you exactly. know right uh and uh yeah like like i said you don't want to see another like disgruntled new player that well, doesn't want to play and also I don't like, know if you caught this in the news. Sorry to interrupt you. But yeah, yeah. It, Go for it. Leon Gawanke. Uh, oh, German, yeah. He went to Germany. German yeah. defenseman that the Jets drafted a couple years ago. He's been playing for the Moose. I think he scored 20 goals for the Moose on defense this year. And he's a guy that has been intriguing, whatever, but he never got a call up. He never got it, whatever. And, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. Look at the Jets' blue line. Um, but, anyway, he went – and signed a three-year contract in Europe and uh, gave an interview in a German uh, newspaper or magazine or whatever website, I suppose, uh, in 2023, <laughs> but uh, did not have good things to say about the Jets, basically. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't see that. I just saw the signing, but that's yeah. like, that's, you know, when when they talk about, yeah, when they talk about players not like, usually including Winnipeg on their no-trade list or whatever, um, yeah, it just, you, you should, there should be maybe a, a better sense of, of, you know, nurturing some yeah, of this new talent. There and, should be opportunity for them. I mean, the Jets, everybody talks about how they got to be a draft and develop team. Well, they better start developing their players, you know, like they, they draft them and then what, you know, 
So uh, and here, here, here's here's one more Debbie Downer comment, and then yeah. let's throw to this. <laughs> let's get it out of our system yeah. here. <laughs> but like you know, you just mentioned like the the luck that the Jets got getting the second overall pick and getting Patrick Liney and then flipping him to Columbus, and then now we're gonna potentially lose Pierre Luc Dubois. Like that just seems like there's a disconnect with you know really trying to uh, make the most out of, out of our, our out of our top ten picks when we do get them. You know, mm-hmm. hopefully uh, Cole Perfetti pans out and he had some bad luck with injuries. But, yeah. you know, you, when you when you kind of have that bad luck with um, with, uh, you know, your your top picks when you get them, I guess you got to make some home run picks with like your your deeper picks and, and yeah. that sort of thing. And we haven't really seen that yet. But OK, we're done. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> raining, raining on the, the Jets parade here. Not that yeah. there has been a parade here in a while, but. Um, well, let's yeah. Well, let's it's, play it's a band. Let's play a band from Toronto because um, Toronto got knocked out of the playoffs, and we're on our tour of shame here across Canada, of all our playoff teams that got knocked out. And um, the Toronto band that we're gonna play is remind me. Pop. Sorry, pop, uh, pop, pop. There it is. Yeah, our favorite Toronto band, I would say. We've played pop a number of times on the show. We love this band. Uh, and we're going to play a song called Relentless, which is off their, you know, most recent album, uh, which, you know, came out about a year ago now. And uh, the unraveling of Pup the Band. And yeah, this is a song called Relentless right here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It's all the same shit.
All right, that was Pup with a little tune called Unrelenting, right here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Uh, it was called Relentless. 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 Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Unrelenting? Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't That's matter. That's close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know who's relentless? The Florida Panthers, Randy. They uh, They seem to have this like unwavering stability about them right now going through the playoffs. They've won a whole bunch of overtime games already. Um, they've got that sort of quote unquote team of destiny vibe happening, you know, um, just, just the way they're going in the first round so far, we've, you know, the, the Panthers are up two zero on Carolina going back to South Florida, both games, overtime games. One of them game one went, you know, what? Seven periods of hockey. <laughs> I watched Brandon. it all. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I committed nice. especially cause yeah. you could be watching history there. Right. And yeah. I, I, I dig deep and, you know, just like the players, you know, I dig deep. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, yeah. You want to win. You gotta stick it out. Uh, Brandon Montour, something like uh, 58 minutes of ice yeah. time. Almost so. played a whole game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty wild. <laughs> uh, his legs were probably like jelly after that one. Getting the ice bath. Um, yeah, no, that was that was really something else. And of course, it was Matthew Kachuk who ended it. And then he scored the OT winner in game two as well. And both times he did that, uh, you know, right off, off the, the ice, ice celebration, yeah. if you will. Um which uh yeah it's kind of fun i like it I, I i like it i don't think he's gonna do that in florida if they if they no. you know pull off an ot win but yeah. i like it it's like they're the work is done let's get out of yeah. here boys well yeah, yeah exactly um yeah it's crazy like i have not typically been a matthew kachuk fan you know uh but he is playing some great hockey right now oh yeah like, yeah yeah there's no denying that <laughs> But you know what? If the if the cats go all the way, which at this point I'm I'm gonna just be out front. I'm cheering for Florida right now. I want to see Paul Maurice get a cup. Um, but if they if the cats do go all the way, it's Bobrovsky. He's oh, big on the, time! He's, yeah, he's gonna be the Conn Smythe winner. Like he's been yeah unreal, unreal, yeah. showing everybody yeah. why he's a ten million dollar goalie. They have no panic in their game. They play all these close games. They've gone to overtime a bunch. There's just no panic. Yeah. And it's, they're, it's they're like calm. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that they've kind of got that mojo going. And um, so, so listener Andrew uh, in Garden City, um, former, uh, you know, friend of the show, he's been a guest member of the Dirty Catfish Brass Band. Uh, he plays hockey himself with the uh, the Slackhawks and the uh, in the Catfish Cup out in the river in the wintertime and all these things. He and I were uh, were chatting and he posed the question: Has there ever been a series, an NA uh, playoff series, where every game was decided in overtime? So I called up my pals over at the NHL Record uh, office. And they were open on the weekend. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, well, you know, <laughs> working overtime. <laughs> so the answer, the short answer, is no. There has not been a series where every game has gone to overtime, but there have been three series where the there's a tie, a three-way tie for the most overtime games played in a mm -hmm. series. Do you want to guess what that number is? 
uh, re, re, what was the question? Like the, How, the most, well, the, the most overtime games played in a playoff series. I'm going to say five. Ding, ding, ding. Ring the Nice. <laughs> we need a sound effect. But that was, yeah, you nailed it. Five. There's a three-way tie for first, for most, uh, and five is that number. So the 1950-51 Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and the nine, uh, and the uh, Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup final, Toronto won. Uh, they won the series four games to one. All five games went to overtime. So That's in crazy. that way... In that in that sense, you could say yes. Every every series, yeah, you're right. To or, every uh, game, I just had some crazy sound come in my headphones. There, oh. it really threw me for a loop. Sorry about that, listeners. No, but that um, was that was that was every game went to overtime in that yes, series. Yes, yeah. So technically, yes, there is a series where every game has gone to overtime. But it wasn't like a seven-game series. It didn't go seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in yeah. five games, the uh, 50-51 Leafs beat the Canadiens. The other two, there's the 2011-12. Um, it was the Phoenix Coyotes and the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, that was in round one. And um, that, that series also had five overtime games it was uh let me just find that chicago beat uh sorry phoenix won that series four games to two with so six game the series went six games and uh five of them went to overtime that's probably the last time the phoenix coyotes won a playoff series i would have to just go on a limb and, and guess um, the next one was the 2016-17 Washington Capitals and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Toronto actually uh, twice they've been in a series with five overtime games. Um, and Washington won that series in six games, 4-2. Uh, That's crazy. I was guessing five based on the series went seven games, but none of those series did go seven games. No, yeah. Um, but some close obviously close games throughout and so the so that's the the trivia answer or the answer to that piece of trivia the next from there you say okay well who which team because you look at florida right now and the florida's played something like six overtime games i think they're six or seven now and i think they're seven and oh so far or whatever they are you know uh which team has played the most overtime games you know, in in the playoffs, in the playoffs in history, and the answer is the 1993 Montreal Canadiens. They on their way to the Stanley Cup. The last time a Stanley Cup was in Canada, or won by a Canadian team, I should say, and they played 11 overtime games in those playoffs. Ten of those were victories. So yeah, you point out 10 of their 16 wins on the way to that cup uh, against LA were overtime wins it's pretty crazy so um yeah pretty fun facts about overtime right there so florida is currently six overtime games so that puts them they're on the they're on the all-time list here they're tied with a whole bunch of other teams with six games um so far but they're six and oh in overtime so far this postseason so that's pretty cool i don't know yeah and, like and keep since going since we are recording today on Monday and the Florida game is tonight, 
uh, we might see another overtime uh, right. game tonight in Florida. I'd, yeah, I'd like to see it. Why not? We got we got about a minute to go here, and with okay. one last song to queue up. That's right. Yeah, so we're gonna head to Edmonton for this one, um, because Edmonton was the third Canadian team to be eliminated. Uh, you know, a day after Toronto, basically. Um, and uh, what better Edmonton band than SNFU? I mean. You know, you think of, we think of Edmonton. That's the first band probably to come to mind. Um, do you think Con- Do you think Connor McDavid likes SNFU? Huge, huge SNFU guy. <laughs> yeah, no, Connie is. Um, he definitely uh, moshes around to better than Eddie <laughs> Vedder, or uh, you know, um, him and Drysaddle cruise around Edmonton in a convertible, listening to SNFU. Yeah, or yeah. in in their uh, in their Tesla. Yeah, and they got head smashed in Buffalo Jump just blaring as they cruise down White <laughs> Ave. Yeah, absolutely they do. Um, but we thought we'd go with a little bit of an older SNFU tune. Let's go with uh, Joni Mitchell tapes. This is off their 1992 or three album, um, Something Green and Leafy This Way Comes. And uh, th- we just thought it would be an, uh, a, a fitting song to end the episode on because it's a bit, a bit glum and we had some we had some glum takes about uh yeah well we got them all out yeah Yeah. they're all out yeah Yeah, it's it's now summer like this the the flowers are blooming and we're happy but so we got them all out of the way yeah that's right so so yeah here's snfu with uh joni mitchell tapes right here on talking hockey the hockey talking show Chevy here. 